0: Hey, uh, Mids and checks. Good morning, it's 10, 18 a.m. here in beautiful Austin, and I am so tired, but I'm also so excited because we have a super, super cool guest today. Hey, Lauren, how are you?
1: Hello, I'm doing good. <laughs> Things are going well. Excited to be here. How are you guys doing?
0: Tired. <laughs> I'm so, so good, but Callie. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so, um, Lauren, why don't
2: so you tell us anyone, a little bit about yourself, Lauren? <laughs> sure.
1: Um, yeah, I'm obviously my name is Lauren. Um, I'm 22. I'm currently a grad student at BU in Boston, um, studying sports psych and mental health. and I'm also the girlfriend of Danny Jilkin, who recently got drafted to the Winnipeg Jets. And him and I together have like started a nonprofit organization focused on raising awareness about mental health and sport, um, which we're super excited about. So that's been a big project. Um, What else? I'm trying to think. Oh, I'm from Canada. It's kind of a fun fact, I guess. Um, Just outside of Toronto. So used to the cold. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I guess that's kind of the big things.
2: (laughs) I feel that I'm going to school in Wisconsin, so I'm not ready for the cold.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely an adjustment. I feel like so many people in my program here it's are from still, like um, Florida or like California, like crazy. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's still 90, it's still 98 degrees here. So I oh can't gosh. relate, but y'all have fun. That's <laughs> crazy.
2: Wow, actually eighty
0: four yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, super fun.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow,
1: yeah, i can't relate. It um, is and chilly
2: here the past couple of days. I know. Yeah, it's been really nice um, here it's too. Really it's cold, cold been at like, home
0: too. My parents were calling.
2: Yeah, we must have the same weather as Chicago, and that like, because it's like been in the sixties consistently. So it's it's pants and sweatshirt weather. So I'm too excited. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know I, I do love falls like I that am excited so but at the nice same time <laughs> like
0: that's so great it's yeah. so great for you I literally sweat buckets on my way to school <laughs> and back every day but I'm so glad you guys are happy <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so glad I'll be the one laughing when Callie I'll be the one laughing when it's like a cool 70 and you're going to football games in three feet of snow so fine. Yeah. I can
2: just sell my ticket for like a hundred dollars. People are scammers. Like the student section oh, tickets. Really? I think the face oh value gosh. for like you could only it's buy them in the bulk It's the same deal here. But it's they're probably like $25, $30 mm-hmm. a piece, and then people are selling them for like $120. It's crazy. It's wow. no, it's the
0: same deal here. People were selling their people were selling their Alabama game tickets for like over a hundred dollars and the entire oh big ticket which is like our bulk um game pass well it's two hundred dollars for the entire season and people were selling their banner ticket for the same price
2: right it's insane wow,
0: it's
1: wow. <laughs> yeah we do not have a football team at bu so i feel like i have not been really exposed to like the american football scene yet because our main sport here is hockey which is like Cool, like love that for us, but we don't have football, so <laughs> it's a whole other world that I have yet to explore.
2: <laughs> it's over it's
1: definitely
0: uh, <laughs> I have a friend at um McGill and she said that they have like weird Canadian football that like stresses her out because she's a big Bears fan and she's like, I don't know what's going on. It's super weird, and also no yeah. one cares about it. But um football is yeah, like, pretty insane much. in the south. It's it's a religion down here, it's terrifying
1: yeah that's what I've heard yeah in Canada no one cares um, right. like it's, it's a whole different story
2: well before we get into asking Lauren some questions we just have a couple like quick news things that we want to mention
0: here. and we also like don't have a lot of hockey here um, some NHL news, non-NHL news that I would argue is even more exciting than NHL news is I went to my first college hockey game this week, Yay! Week, or last week, I guess. That's so um, fun. The, the University of Texas does, in fact, have a Division II hockey team, and it felt a lot like watching my brother's high school hockey. Um. <laughs> So I'm going to have to visit you in Wisconsin, Cals, to uh, get some real hockey. Yes. Um, um, other than that, other than that, it's fine. We beat Texas, we beat Texas Tech 14-0, which is really nice because oh they beat us um, in football yesterday. So I needed that. In hockey? Wow. 14-0? You feel better. Everything's fine. 14-0. That's insane.
2: Oh, wow.
0: Well, that's a high that's a beautiful
2: <laughs> as of yesterday, the NHL preseason has officially started, and I'm sad because <laughs> we had our we had our summer with the cup, and now
0: why are you sad? Because uh, we're gonna lose. That this must year. be so hard for you. That must be so sad that your team won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that your team won the Stanley Cup, Callie. That must be really hard. really sad, <laughs> Allie. You've never it's experienced, really
2: like, getting emotional watching Quest for I, the Cup.
0: I, um... I, okay. Uh, yeah, correct. Because why would I? For what reason would I get emotional watching Quest for the Cup? I hate, I hate you so much, Callie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay,
2: because the Leafs are taking well, whatever, it of the Whatever, whatever.
1: That's a bold statement. Oh, uh, listen, I grew oh, up just God. outside of Toronto. It's not looking great.
0: <laughs> it's the Nicholas Abe Kubel effect. I'm fact. begging you to take that back yes. right now. It's, it is the knack <laughs> effect. It's the knack effect. But also take that back. Like, oh my God. Um, I would rather die than see the Maple Leafs win a sailing cup of my lifetime simply because everyone in Toronto will be insufferable. It'll drive me crazy. That's true. That could You're all be not a peach. wrong
1: you are not that absolutely I'll be a not wrong the wings win,
0: but you know it's fine um <laughs> we have actual nhl news that's like actually important and not us <laughs> but um knows lungquist trade thoughts opinions
2: i fully don't know who knows lungquist is I, fu- I fully cannot tell you why it's a blockbuster trade i didn't hear about that man until it was announced and yeah. everyone was freaking out about it it's-
0: fair enough Grav's happy about it so I'm happy about it I trust him
2: <laughs> wait so did he go to Dallas or so, did he go to New York
0: I guess so I think Dallas wait I'm gonna look it up
2: <laughs> yeah go I think Dick. he was treated I'm just to make Dallas sure i talking
0: about the same thing as um a, a recently instated Dallas Stars girly um yeah (laughs) stars yeah i i've met a couple stars fans actually since i got here it's nice but um yeah so he's on the stars now he's a king speaking of the stars um jason robertson what do we think is happening there oh right because he's not coming to camp he's not coming he has not he doesn't have a contract yet and i'm genuinely really surprised about that i heard Okay, I'm not gonna say that I heard a rumor because it that's not true. I saw a tweet that said they heard a rumor, which is probably which means it's probably not true. But someone said he was looking for eleven mil AAV, which is insane. And I think he's smarter than that. I think that's he's smarter lot, than to be giving up a contract for eleven mil AAV, but um I really hope he comes back because I really like him and I loved watching him play during the Stanley Cup and I hope that he is back. Um and then while we're on the contract talk train, uh Nathan McKinnon's 12.6 million AV contract with the Colorado Avalanche.
2: Whew. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> really
0: okay. a lot of money.
2: This is okay. I know I tweeted a lot about this, but my hot take is that like if you're asking for like over 10 mil that's just almost selfish because that's a lot of money and if you're gonna get that for multiple yeah. years i think you'll be okay or at least like if you're in the top 10 yeah. percent of contracts maybe there should be some sort of like charity requirement i, I don't know just like what are you gonna do with a hundred million dollars especially when he's not a guy no. known for like donating to charity at least guys like Cadre are asking for ten mil, but then he donated a million to a hospital. Most guys who are making more than that don't do that. So just go install your heated driveways, Nathan McKinnon, right.
0: and yeah, cheat on
2: your wife or your girlfriend.
0: <laughs> so, love you, right. McDavid. I agree. It's like it's very. <laughs> I think, first of all, I think it's funny that everyone's like, "Oh, so petty that he that his contract um, is like a hundred thousand more than McDavid." Like that's so like petty. <laughs> like I don't know if there's a single hockey player in the NHL who has enough brain cells to like acknowledge that and then ask for a hundred thousand more dollars than the highest paid pay, uh, highest paid player. Um, if I'm being completely honest with myself, but uh, that's just my opinion. And yeah, I agree. Like that is way too much money. And then it just puts um it puts more pressure on the abs with their cap situation, which I know their cap situation is not like bad or anything, but like, you know, it's um it's a lot of money and you need to pay other players. So
2: well especially when his contract his previous contract was only six mil, so it's like double. And it was like the six mil was a team discount, but I now that he's won the cup, that. he's like, pay me like he deserves the money, but also like come on, man. <laughs> where is it? And then the does, fact that players are making anyone these, deserve
0: like, that much
2: money big money and then going bankrupt after their first few seasons is kind of crazy to me, but then like I have zero yeah, actual understanding crazy. of finance economics.
0: yeah, <laughs> I will also say like, With McDavid, um, I have noticed it took me like a while to like comprehend it. But I, at first, I was like, ain't no way McKinnon's contract is like, has a higher AAV than McDavid. And then I remembered the cap is going up in the next couple of years. So it's basically like sports inflation right now. Everyone's getting paid a little bit more than they would be, which means there are people. there are people getting paid more than players that they shouldn't be getting paid more than because those players' contracts were signed and sealed before they announced that the cap would be going up. Um, so a little bit of sports inflation for you and um, for anyone who is curious. I'm not sure if anyone listening like cares about that, but I think it's pretty interesting. And I'm not even like... A finance business girly i just think that the whole cap situation is very interesting especially the way that different um sports treat the cap stuff like that but i won't i won't go on a rant about that today that's uh for another episode <laughs> <laughs> well, sports inflation right, is the quote of the day else <laughs> so going on in the hockey world that we want to talk about first i don't think so unless i'm forgetting something i don't think so
2: i think just pre-season started we'll have to see what goes on in the next like two weeks before season actually starts but yay we're
0: back (laughs) my roommates are gonna hate me they're gonna hate me so much
2: NHL 66 oh, is going to get us Lord, through. My
0: <laughs>
2: okay, so <laughs> now let's chat with Lauren a bit because she's way cooler than all of us <laughs> and serves to have a lot more time than NHL preseason. But oh my gosh. right. so our first couple questions for you is like, how did you get into hockey and like, who's your favorite team going up? You said you grew up in Toronto. So are you a Leafs fan? I really
1: try to be. Um, I think to some (laughs) extent, like, like, to be perfectly honest with you, like how I kind of got into hockey was through my brother. Um, He's what, like two, two and a half years younger than me and him and I have always been pretty close. Um, so he started playing when he was a kid. Uh, my brother made his first like A rep team when he was like six or seven years old. And Shane is a year younger than my brother, but he was playing up as a kid. So um, he was playing on the same team as my brother. And I was actually really close with Shane's sister. And so we were probably seven or eight years old at that time, maybe like eight. And it would be Shane's sister and I, and a few of the other sisters on the team sitting in the stands at our brother's games, like with little notebooks. And we would like keep the stats for their team. So we'd write down like who scored a goal, so who got the assist. Yeah. It was adorable. I wish I could find the notebooks that. now. Cause I feel like it'd be such a cute thing to look back on. Um, but yeah. So then I was oh kind of involved God. with his hockey life, like the whole time. And then He transitioned to the GTHL when he was, like, 11 or 12, so a little bit older, Um, and that was, like, a much higher level of hockey. He was playing with a lot of the guys who are now some of my closer friends who have gone on to, like, be drafted to the NHL, are kind of on the cusp of starting their pro careers, hopefully. Um, So then I really took an interest, too, because it was just so much more exciting, like, such a high level of sport, so fun to watch um that's how I met Danny and then it was just now it's like a huge part of my life um I watch Danny's games all the time I spend a little too much time in a hockey rink um and I'm just like very involved with with, uh his stuff because my brother has kind of taken a step back um but yeah I think Leafs I really try to be a fan of but to be perfectly honest with you like surprisingly hockey was not on that much in my house growing up I think because we were always around the sport with my brother, you kind of need a break when you go home. Um, We, I feel like, paid more attention to things like the Royal Juniors and, like, the younger kind of side of the sport. Um, But, yeah, the Leafs probably. And my brother went through a phase where he was a big Ovechkin fan. So I think then my favorite player was sometimes Crosby, just to spite him, you know, (laughs) just to be able to be like, no, no, I like Crosby better. (laughs) And he's Canadian, so like sure. Nice. Um, but yeah, probably Leafs.
0: Yes. I love that. Just pure spite. It's beautiful. My <laughs> brother played hockey as well. We're twins. And um my sister and I would sneak off into the tennis courts that were like next to the ice rink and we would find tennis balls and we'd throw yeah. them at each other. So I'm really glad that you were super involved with hockey (laughs) from a young age, because I didn't care. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Listen, I went through a phase when I was like, 10 to 13. You would not catch me at my brother's games. Like, that was the phase where I was like, I have better things to do. Like, him and I were bickering all the time. So I was like, this is not the vibe. And then I got older. And I was like, actually, it's pretty cool what you're doing. So sure, I'll be around again. Like,
0: there was a phase yeah. there where I
1: Same could deal. not be caught um, in a hockey rink. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Same deal when um, I got a little older, I was like, oh, hang on. I actually kind of like, like the sport. But um, <laughs> so, as you mentioned before, you're studying sports psychology and mental health at BU and as a psych major, woman after my own heart. Yes. Um, so, we were wondering like, what led you to go down this educational path? What's your dream career? Maybe a little bit about why you chose BU
1: yeah um great question i think in terms of the pathway there were a lot of things that went into it um hockey is definitely one of them um but i actually grew up dancing competitively so that sport environment is a whole other world um there was a lot of mental health issues on my team and i think back now and we would talk about things with each other but none of us really knew that it was like problematic and we that we probably should be seeking help for things. Um, All we knew was that like, oh, these are experiences that we share. And so we're going to talk about them. But there was no like coaches being like, hey, you know, that kind of sounds concerning. Like, let's talk about that more. Let's get you connected with someone. Um, So that was a little bit of a a contributor is just like the lack of resources that I was seeing throughout my dance career and the fact that I felt like um, a lot of people were struggling and no one was really talking about it. Um, And then on the hockey side of things, I was seeing with my brother and his teammates, like the stigma that existed because they were young male athletes. It was like, oh, if I speak up that I'm struggling, people are going to think I'm, you know, weak or that I can't handle the pressure or that I shouldn't be here. Um, And it was such a high level of sport that they were playing at. And parents and coaches and organizations were willing to pump like hundreds and hundreds of dollars into Getting the best, you know, trainers and bringing a nutritionist in to talk for the, with the team, and yet there was like nothing for mental health, um, and they were under so much stress and so much pressure from such a young age that it was crazy to me. Now that I'm reflecting back on it, to think about the fact that there was never a discussion there, um, and it actually got to the point where my brother's teammates, who I kind of became friends with, would come to me about things. Like there was a running joke on the team that I was like the team therapist. Um, and I was like, I mean, it's hilarious. And like, I'm happy that I was able to, you know, be that support person for so many of them. But it's also like, I, at, at the time, I was like, 16 years old, like, what do you want me to do? Um, they would literally like call me in the middle of a school day and be like, I'm having a really bad day. And I was like, okay, let's talk about that. So like, so nice and so adorable. And like, I'm still such good friends with so many of them. But it was like, how do they not have somewhere else to go for that support? Um there would be coaches and parents like asking me to check in with guys on the team. Like it was, it was a thing, but again, I'm like, we have the budget. Why are we not putting it into an actual resource? Um, so I kind of stumbled on sports psych, um, as a field, didn't really know it existed to be honest with you. Um, I was very much so pre-med in undergrad. Um, we don't have labeled pre-med programs in Canada like we do here in the U S. Um, But my program is known for being pretty much a a pre-med program there. Um, I wrote a paper on performance anxiety and my professor was like, there's someone I can get you connected with if you're interested. Like, here's her email. Um, So I got connected to a sports psychologist in Toronto who really kind of took me under her wing, Um, introduced me to the program at BU, which I loved because it wasn't just sports psych and it wasn't just mental health counseling. It was both. Um, So when I leave here, I'll be able to talk to an athlete or a client about both um, the performance aspect and the mental health aspect. Um, That's kind of how I ended up here. And then in terms of a dream job, I would love to be in pro hockey. I have no idea how that'll work, given the fact that I'm with Danny um, and he's also kind of entering that space. So I have I don't really know what that's going to look like in the future, Um, but that is something that I would love to do. Um, I would love to have a private practice as well, because that gives me kind of more flexible hours. I can work remotely. I can work in person, like kind of doing my own thing. Um, and then another thing is I would love to teach like some courses on sports psych, especially at schools in Canada, because I feel like it's not getting the attention it deserves up there right now. Um, so yeah, that's kind of,
2: that
0: that's would be
1: awesome. the the long-term plan. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that's incredible. I that's I grew so up a gymnast, so I get the struggle. <laughs> I I Similar wrote my, vibes. Yeah. Like my, my college my college common app yeah, essay into
0: a college
2: what it was about um the body image issues I got from gymnastics and just how like doing like such a hard sport both mentally and oh, mentally and physically for <laughs> so many years of my <laughs> life especially as like a developing child. yes I I still haven't recovered it's like it was yeah and that's the
1: thing like (laughs) those things are gonna carry like they're gonna stick with you when you're years and years and years removed and like I always describe dance to people I'm like imagine you spent five to six hours most nights of the week like literally being trained to stare at yourself in a mirror and pick out Mm -hmm. flaws in your posture and flaws in your body and you're being forced to wear like revealing outfits and things like that and being judged for it like tell me that's not going to mess you up a little bit like of course um and like that's the the culture within the sport and then there's nothing provided to help with that which is the problem um Mm -hmm. so it doesn't get a whole lot of attention but it's very very prevalent in sports like that especially
0: for sure i first of all sorry the delay is like so bad so i'm sorry if i talk over either of you but also um So for me going into undergrad, I am not entirely sure what I want to do with my psych major yet. I've been thinking a lot about neuropsych and a lot about um, criminal psych, but I also think a lot about sports psych because, again, for me, it it has a lot to do with me being such a huge hockey fan and being passionate about mental health awareness and the sport and everything like that. Um, my brother had to see a sports psychologist because he was throwing up on the bench yeah. every game. And the doctors were like, there's nothing wrong with him. Like, you sh- he needs to talk to someone. Um, So it's dear it's and dear to my heart. It's super, super important. Um, And, you know, I obviously am 18. I don't know quite what I'm doing yet. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's so interesting. And that actually, it's nice. I feel like I am just picking your brain about my own <laughs> major. Yeah. But- <laughs> Hey, I love answering questions about it, so
1: (laughs) please, absolutely,
2: always. Well, that's awesome, everything that you do, just with your studies and your dream career is so impactful, so that's so exciting, that's awesome. Thank
1: you, yeah, I'm excited. It's obviously so busy in school, but it's worth it, I think. I'm excited, so.
2: (laughs) (laughs) To switch gears a little bit, we are so excited to have our first official real life wag on the show so excited <laughs> and you're a brunette oh my gosh <laughs> yes <laughs> so we just want to ask like how did you meet Danny, and how long have you yes. been together
1: it's Danny and I've actually known each other I met him back in 2015 so seven going on eight years if my math is right Um, so we've been in each other's lives for a a pretty long time. Um, my family, like my brother and my parents have actually known him for even longer than I have. Um, but I didn't meet him until a few years after that. Um, so they've known him since him and his family moved to Canada. Um, but yeah, we've been in each other's lives for a really long time. Um, it was definitely one of those friendships that, where we just kind of clicked instantly. Um from the moment that we met and kind of started talking, there was always just like such a strong bond between the two of us, a lot of trust. Um, We kind of instantly became best friends. Like I think probably within the first year of knowing Danny, I would have considered him to be one of my best friends and like always just trusted him with everything. And he was telling me everything. And, we couldn't go like more than a day without talking. Like we were in constant contact with one another. Um, Even when I moved off to school and wasn't seeing him in person, like at games as much anymore and stuff, um, he would like FaceTime me all the time. Like we were always talking. And then about five years after we met, um, we hadn't seen each other in a while. So we kind of just decided one day to like hang out just the two of us. and that was kind of it (laughs) um we decided to take a leap of faith try out dating and haven't really looked back since um so we've been together for a couple years now um and obviously it's going well (laughs) um yeah he's definitely like my best friend my number one supporter I'd like Mm -hmm. to thank him those things for him too yeah we uh it's definitely a special relationship and I'm very thankful for it but we've been in each other's lives since we were like little babies. It's it's been pretty cool I think like we've really grown up together so it's pretty pretty sweet. That's so cute. That's oh so my god. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy like um when we were at the NHL draft this summer I was saying to him like this is the second draft now that we've been like with each other for like in each other's lives for. I was with them the whole time through the OHL drafts like year and events and then um now at the NHL draft so it was like a very full circle moment
2: (laughs) that's awesome well speaking of the draft I feel like we hear so much about the players perspectives about the draft but not much from their better halves so like what was draft season like (laughs) and what's how how does it feel to be like an official NHL (laughs) Wag (laughs) down
1: it's been good I mean it's
2: Um, draft season was
1: I don't think I ever could have predicted that experience it was obviously so stressful Um, there was a lot of pressure on him that whole year Um, and the draft is just something that you talk about for so long right like we were when we met we were like kids literally like teenagers and talking about um the draft like it was this big like so far out in the future event like that's what he's been working his whole life for and then that day comes and you're like wait what like it's over like that's it um so definitely like a bit of a surreal experience um it was really really stressful being in that environment and just the whole lead up to it um so much is happening behind the scenes that like I never would have been exposed to had I not been with him um with like questionnaires and interviews and the combine and like all of those little moving parts that happen over the course of the year leading up to it. And then of course, like the day of, um, I definitely felt stressed myself. Like obviously being with him, like things that happen in the draft and in his career do have an impact on me and my life too. So there are things that I was like, Oh, like (laughs) I'm nervous about this or like, I don't know what this is going to look like when he gets drafted and things. Um, but it was his day and my, my main goal of that day was just to be there for him as much as I could be. Um, obviously it was also so, so exciting. Um, like I said, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that I really wasn't aware of until we got there. And I was like, this is just so cool. Like um, really like surreal to just be there. And I am so fortunate and grateful that he wanted me to actually be physically there with him. Um, so I was at the draft, I was sitting with his family. So that was just such a special experience, a special moment. Um, it honestly still were what, like two or three months after the draft, almost three, it still hasn't fully sunk in yet. I don't think. And he's literally like, as we are speaking right now, he is in Winnipeg at the Jets camp. So he's like there, he's in it, like all this stuff. And I'm like still processing the fact that that's <laughs> our life. <laughs> um, uh yeah so dropped experience like so many emotions like nervousness excitement definitely some surprise like the Jets were not really a team that was on our radar I think going into the the weekend and so when they called his name it was like oh oh okay like cool we can work with that um and most of all though I was just like so freaking proud of him like it's so cool to watch your best friend of seven years and like now my boyfriend too like accomplish literally his lifelong dream. Like that was such a cool moment. Um, And like, I'm never going to forget like that moment when I like watched his face as his name got called. And then he like walks down to give me a hug. And I was like, like that is literally going to be ingrained in my brain forever. And like the pictures that we took that day are going to be like up in our house in the future. And like things like that, like it was so special um, so I'm really, really grateful that he wanted me to be there and that we got to share that moment. Cause I don't think everything, anything will ever compare. Um, maybe if he wins a cup one day, maybe that, <laughs> um, yeah, I think in terms of being like girlfriends in the, in the league, obviously haven't really been exposed to like the, the pro hockey space fully yet. Like I've never really interacted with any of the other wives, girlfriends, et cetera, um, at the pro level or anything. I haven't been to Winnipeg, um, and that sort of thing, but it's, I like, I think honestly my favorite part, and I think this will probably be the same once we actually get there is just meeting people. Like the number of fans and people that I have met when I do get to go to games in person, which obviously is not often considering I do live in Boston and we are long distance most of the year, like they are so amazing. I've had fans like one time in his rookie season, he scored a shootout winning goal and it was like a big deal, a big moment. And I wasn't there. And I saw afterwards, like, a fan had posted a really good video of it from Twitter. Like, this fan was sitting right behind the net. It was, like, this beautiful head-on shot of Danny's goal. And so I messaged him, and I was like, hey, like, any chance you could send this video to me? Like, here's my email. I would love to have it for future reference, and I'm sure Danny would love to have it, too. So he emails me, sends me the video, and I was like, thank you. And then, like, two or three weeks later, Danny scored another, like, big goal. I can't remember if it was, like, shootout or something, but it was, like, a nice goal. And I check my email after this game and I have an email from the same fan being like, hey, like, I'm not sure if you were there tonight, but like, I took a video of this one too and figured you guys might want it. Like, figured I would just send it over. And I was like, my heart, like, that is so cute. Um, <laughs> yeah, like the people in Guelph are, if any Guelph fans are listening to this, like truly they are the best I've people I've ever met. Like, they are so kind. He is the best billet family ever. We love them. Um, so like just meeting so many like kind-hearted people is my favorite and honestly the people in Winnipeg so far have also been incredible so many people like DMing us on Instagram after like welcoming us to the city Um, we like met this family at the draft and their son had been drafted somewhere else but they were from Winnipeg and he like gave Danny their number to like text if he ever needs like yeah, like a home cooked meal or like and so just needs like a family. I know I was like, stop, this is adorable. Like if that is anything like everyone else in Winnipeg, like I'm so excited to be there. Um, so yeah, just getting the opportunity to connect with like so many people and just like have conversations with them and get to know them has always been my favorite part of kind of being in this position. And I, I don't expect that to change. So yeah, it's been so incredible.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh
0: Oh my god, that's so sweet.
2: That's so cute. I love that. They are adorable.
1: Yeah. It's a very wholesome experience. Like I just, yeah, always puts a smile on my face. So
2: I'm so glad you had a good experience. I know it just it seems (laughs) tense, even just watching it from home. But I'm so I'm so happy that it's been so rewarding for both of you. Oh, that's so cool.
1: Yeah, tense is a good way to put it. I mean, definitely like sitting in those seats just waiting is like gut wrenching. Like, I don't think anything will ever be that stressful again. And it's, I was sitting like, four people away from him because it was like his family and then me at the end and so he was just like leaning back and like looking at me from down the aisle kind of like with his face I could tell he was like getting nervous or like whatever and I was just like okay like just take a breath like we're good or he would like send me a little text from down the aisle and it's like yeah it was super stressful but definitely something that I was just like I'm just gonna be here to support you as best as I can um and we're I think both kind of happy that it's it's in the past now and we don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, and now the work kind of starts for him to actually crack the roster. So, yeah,
2: yay! Oh, that's so fun. It's so interesting to hear this perspective.
0: Yeah, yeah, for real. And I thought I was like stressed about when my favorite players like whether they make the roster or not, whether they get drafted. Whew. It's amazing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> amazing well after he's been drafted it seems as if being with the jets has given you a bit of a platform and you've used your platform to create the incredible zilkins vision so why don't you tell us a little bit about that and just how it started
1: yeah um it's funny actually so danny got drafted to the ohl in 2019 Um, and we've been lucky too. like our whole OHL career has been with the same team. Like he hasn't been moving around. So we've really been in Guelph and kind of, um, you know, been involved in the community there in different ways. And I went to him in his rookie season and I was like, I think we need just like, I want to do something. Like I want to, you know, take the platform, especially that he's given as a, as an athlete and like make an impact. And he completely agreed, um, and had a similar idea in terms of like wanting to be more involved in the community. Um, Granted, this was rookie season, just kind of transitioning into the OHL and then COVID hit at the end of his rookie season. So that put a bit of a wrench in the plans, Um, didn't really get the ball rolling that year. So this summer, um, obviously the draft happened and that was kind of the main focus of last year and everything. Um, But after the draft, we were both like, okay, like we do have this platform, people are kind of paying attention. You know, now's the time. And um, COVID had obviously not gone away, but was things were progressing back to a new normal, I guess you could say. And we both felt like we were in a place where we could really make this happen. So we started talking um, kind of just about what would we want to do? How would we make that work? I think for both of us, um, we've both been impacted personally, uh, by mental health. We've seen the impacts on people around us. Um, we're both really passionate about it. And then of course, given my field of study and future career, um, it's something that we talk a lot about in our relationship. And it's something that we've always been very open with each other about. Um, so when it came to this decision of okay what do we really want this project to be focused on it was like I can't even remember who was like oh mental health and sport but both of us were like that's it like that's that's the answer um so that's kind of how it it developed and for us um you know the whole idea of the vision and kind of where the name came from was like our vision is to help to advocate for a world where athletes are actually being valued as human beings, not just as athletes, Um, and where like their struggles and their mental health challenges are being normalized and talked about and recognized in sports and where there are resources actually accessible and available to them to help navigate those things, um, which is really not the case right now. Um, but we're hoping that our platform and our organization can kind of be a step in the right direction for opening up those conversations. So
0: that's sort of where it came from. (laughs) That's such like a, that's such an interesting point about how, like, you don't even really notice that we don't value athletes as anything other than like entertainment. I think it's the same with a lot of like famous artists and actors and so many, artists have to like step away from their work or like tours or whatever for mental health reasons that a lot of athletes have been doing it recently too and I think like you know there's obviously there's like you know ideally everyone understands but there are a lot of people who take to social media to complain about it and they're like you're a celebrity you should be used to the spotlight and it's like that's ridiculous to expect that of anybody Um, and just because just because someone works in some form of an entertainment industry doesn't mean they don't deserve the same, like, respect and, um, you know, the same respect and the same, um, I don't know how to say it, the same, like, mental, like, they're entitled to their mental health, you know, of yeah, the rest of us. exactly. So that's a really, yeah. really great point. I didn't even really consider that. I think it's something that um, more people need to be aware of oh yeah I was just saying like they they work so hard to make us happy in that industry and they also should get to be happy
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's definitely easy to kind of like separate like oh you're an athlete so then it's like you create this like barrier of well you're making tons of money and like you play sports for a living or you are an actor for a living or whatever and it's like you're this invincible like god of a human being where it's like you can't struggle like what's like emotions what are those um but it's like trying to kind of reintegrate the fact that before any of these people were athletes and after they retire because that happens pretty early on in their lives for a lot of them they are still human beings throughout that entire journey um and just like the rest of us like things are going on sometimes they're sport related and sometimes they're not like these people have lives outside of sport that are going to impact their mental health and also their performance like on the ice or on the court or whatever it is um and that can be really easy to forget sometimes too and then you see people like ripping into someone on twitter for having a bad game or something like that and you're like you don't know why like maybe it was just an off day for them or whatever, but maybe there's something much bigger going on here that we're ignoring. And that really stinks that now they have to go on their phone and see all these like hate comments. Um, so yeah, just kind of thinking about that a little bit more too is is a big thing. Um,
2: for sure. For sure. It reminds me of, what was it? It was when Flurry still played for the Knights and i believe didn't his his father died like the day before the game or something and they still made him play and he didn't have the best performance and then he ended up getting like fired over it or traded i remember there was yeah yeah but gosh it's just it's such a bad culture in Mm -hmm. i feel like in hockey especially because so many guys are like if they afraid that if they speak out about it then they're gonna affect the whole team since it's such a team sport but it's yeah. it's just awful and I think it, it really starts like up top with management and making sure that they understand and that the coaches yeah. understand and then the players understand so they have that kind of like authority figure telling them that it's okay to yeah a hundred percent yeah and
1: like it's, you know, it's management who gets to to decide who's on staff. So, okay, you're pumping like hundreds of thousands of thousands of dollars to get the best trainers and nutritionists and like upgrading the equipment and the gym and like all this stuff that's fantastic. However, like there is another side to the game. And it's like, kind of trying to um, encourage the people who have a place in the room and, you know, a say and a voice to, prioritize those resources and mental health as a whole as well Mm -hmm. um so that's another big component of what we're trying to do
0: yeah that's amazing speaking of speaking of another side of the game like sports are so mental like some more than others of course but for example playing goalie that is a position where your entire performance depends completely on what mental state you're in and um yeah. i don't think people recognize that enough i feel like people like know it, they're like oh goalie's such like a mental position but they don't understand how that translates to we need better mental health resources for athletes
1: 100%. yeah and like it's it's performance it's also like their safety yeah. um when they're playing like There have been studies that have shown that like hesitation and like a lack of confidence in yourself can put you at much higher risk of an injury. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, being able to like respond promptly to a situation like a player incoming for like a hit or something like you need to be able to react to that in a way that's going to protect yourself. And if you're distracted with other things going on and you're not in a like a good mental state, that hesitation, that extra like 0.2 seconds can make the difference between you getting hurt or not. Um, so it's, there's so many layers to it and it's mind boggling to me that we're not at a place where it's like prioritized yet. But, um, you know, every time an athlete like shares their story on social media and like speaks out about it, or every time a team does bring a professional onto their staff and kind of shows like, this is a priority for us. Like that's chipping away at the block. And hopefully over time, eventually we'll, we'll get to a place where it's prioritized to the degree that it should be.
0: Yeah
2: what do you think the future of Silken's vision looks like like what are you hoping to do and like just
1: i think um so right now actually we do have our like first fundraiser going on um so where we're at right now cuz we are still very new obviously we launched still i guess technically less than a month ago cuz i think it was august 30th that everything kind of went live um so our current project is like fundraising for the Canadian Mental Health Association so kind of raising money through our organization to give to an organization that's doing the work on the ground in terms of like improving those resources in our community. Um, So that's kind of where we're at right now. But in the future, um, what we're hoping to do is like register as an official nonprofit organization through like the Canadian government, which can be a lengthy process, um, which will then give us the power to launch what we're kind of calling the athlete funding program which essentially will um, allow athletes to sign up on our website to receive financial support to access professional resources and, like, mental health help. Um, Those services can be really inaccessible. Mm -hmm. Like, normal therapy, not even sports-specific, can be, like, upwards of $100 per session, which is usually 50 minutes. Um, If you add the, like, sports psych label to it, you can be running upwards of $200 per hour. So for a lot of people, that's not realistic. Um, And so our goal is like, we will be accepting donations and maybe running events like charity golf tournaments to raise like um, larger amounts of money and things like that. And our hope is that athletes will basically be able to like register on the website and say like, hey, I'm in need of support. This is my provider, like who I'm going to be going to. This is the cost per session and we'll be able to like help them to offset some or all of that cost by giving them money to seek that support that people will have donated. Um, So that's kind of like the long-term plan for this Um, alongside of that, like continuing to raise awareness, um, posting content. Like I do have this knowledge from school and I want to use it. So um, producing content that people can actually use to kind of start having conversations about mental health. To get people to really reflect on their own, which is kind of what our goal was for the whole like ZV 17 Day Challenge thing, um, and like at the end of the day, really the priority here is just to try and normalize these conversations and begin to destigmatize mental health in sport. So,
0: yeah, that's awesome. That is so <laughs> cool. That's like really cool and really smart and really amazing that's so good
1: yes we're excited we are so excited about it and it's also really cool to like be doing this with danny because i feel like we
0: balance each other
1: out really mm-hmm. well in terms of our strengths um so it's been a cool like little partnership to see it come to yeah. fruition too
2: awesome well we've been doing our best to participate in the zv17 Challenge. i know i know i know we we I've enjoyed it a little way
0: but uh we've <laughs> been no. so bad for um for the connect with nature one i was like i really really want to but it's a hundred degrees out right now yeah that is so
1: fair (laughs) i do not blame you (laughs) yeah no i've been loving seeing your posts like i I literally i think i've responded to like every single one you probably get so (laughs) annoyed. but i'm like i love love it it. like i love seeing it like it's so fun and like that's the point too is like we launched that challenge but it's not like we're launching it and then taking it off our instagrams like we want it to always be there and like People can kind of join in as they please and like do it whenever you can do it multiple times. Like it's just very easily accessible. So that's the point. So I'm I'm glad that you guys are doing it, even if it's like after we kind of did it. Like it's cool and it keeps the like conversations going. So love all of your posts. Love all of it. Thanks so much for doing it. <laughs>
2: i love like just waking up and going to check like what do i get to do today like what is it's it like Yeah, like an <laughs> calendar almost except the reward is a healthy mind
1: <laughs> i know isn't that fantastic we love that yes <laughs> that's so funny
2: for those who who haven't seen it you can follow us on all platforms at mits and chicks but this is on our we have been doing it on our instagram story so go check it out there <laughs> Um, what's what's the zilkins vision social media is it just at zilkins vision
1: yeah so it's danny's last name so like Z H or i guess z h i Mm -hmm. everyone (laughs) here in the u.s is always like what the heck is a z and i'm like i'm so sorry me and my canadian accent um so z h i l k i n s vision at um like on instagram and stuff Typically, I feel like Instagram is the one that they're most active on, but we do also have a website and on our website, there's like a bunch of linked, like free mental health resources. There's a really cool training for people who are interested in like learning how to better support people around you completely free on our website. Um, So if anyone's interested in like learning more about that or following kind of what we're doing, then definitely Instagram and our website.
2: That's awesome. Be sure to go follow them because they post really good <laughs> resources and content. And it's really, it's just fun to be a part of something from the beginning and just watching it grow. Yeah. It's been super yeah. cool.
1: Yeah. It's been so cool for us too. Like, we launched it and we were kind of expecting it to be a bit of a slow start, like, whatever. And then all of a sudden I get a text from Danny and he's like, "Um, so like someone from the Jets wants to like do an interview about it. And like Tony from Guelph today, who's like the big storm reporter in Guelph, wants to interview you to like talk about it and I was like what (laughs) what is happening and then the next thing I know there's like the nhl.com article and like this and that and like there's all these big organizations in both Winnipeg and Ink Wealth are like reaching out to us about potential collaborations and I'm like it just took off really quick Um, but it's been so cool to see how like different people are engaging with it and it's yeah it's amazing so that's
2: amazing congratulations (laughs) like that's That's
0: thank you
1: (laughs) it was quite the experience it has been quite the experience but we love it we're excited
2: (laughs) well we are we're running out of our (laughs) zoom time so i guess just to kind of wrap things up what like our central question Or I guess we have, like, two central Mm -hmm. questions. But the first one, like, what is just the best way that athletes can support each other's mental health? And what part can, like, us as fans play in that? Like, for professional athletes, like, what can they do? Yeah. I
1: love that question. I think for athletes specifically, like, we are in a society where, like, you ask someone, like, hey, how's it going? And you expect one answer. You expect them to say good, and then you just move on. Like, The best advice that I can give to really anyone out there, like in general, but for athletes too, is like, sit down next to a teammate and check in with them and see how they're doing and be ready to actually listen to their answer. Um, And if you're not doing well, please don't just say good and move on. Like, be honest with the people around you. It takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable, but there's so much power in that. Um, I think the best thing that athletes can do for one another is just to normalize the conversations around mental health you know, don't make people feel, people feel guilty for seeking support or for struggling. And if you think someone is in like serious danger of like harming themselves, harming someone else, like please get that help. It is much better to be safe and proactive about things than sorry about it later. Um, so go to someone that you trust, whether it's a coach, whether it's like another friend, whether it's a professional resource, there are tons of free ones online, but like, get people help if you're concerned about them. Um, And also put some pressure on people in authority positions, coaches, GMs, people like that. Like I said, those are the people who kind of have a seat at the table and are making decisions about what resources are provided. So like put the pressure on them to prioritize mental health more. Um, In terms of fans, I think the best um, advice in terms of how to support like an athlete with their mental health is to literally just be kind. Um, We talked about it a little bit before, but like athletes are humans first yes, they're entertainers. Yes, they're making a ton of money to play their sport. But like, just like all of us sitting on this call, and everyone listening, they are human beings who are going to have bad days, they're going to make mistakes, they're going to be dealing with things in their personal lives and in sports that might impact their performance. So like, when you see an athlete maybe struggling, or maybe they make a mistake that costs you a goal or costs you a game or whatever, rather than immediately turning to social media and like ripping into this person and like, demanding that they be traded and saying that they don't deserve their salary or don't deserve their like role on the team. Just take a second to think about the fact that you are seeing such a small percentage of that person's life. And they probably have a lot more going on behind the scenes that you as a fan and really anyone is ever going to know about. Um, So just take that extra second, be compassionate. Like obviously as a fan, we're all passionate. We love the sport. We want to see the people we like and our team succeed. And it, we have emotions about it. Like you're going to get heated. You're going to feel upset, like totally valid. Um, But just remind yourself, like before you go and hit post on that tweet, tagging the player so that they see it like that sort of thing, like just put yourself into their shoes and recognize that you probably don't know everything that's going on. And there could be a much bigger story than what you just saw out on the ice. So just have a little bit of compassion and support them. um, I think is the best piece of advice for fans.
0: That's
2: such a good answer. That's I just I really love just the opening conversations, but I think that's so important. And yeah. once it becomes normalized, I think there's going to be so much progress made and just letting other people know that it's okay to speak up about this. It doesn't make you look weak. It doesn't make you lose any sort of 100%. credibility as a player or anything. In exactly. fact, I think it might make you look stronger because you're mentally stronger because you're willing to talk about tough subjects but it's exactly. it's just so interesting to hear, like, your perspective yeah. on this, especially as, a prof- as someone going to the professional field.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so absolutely. <laughs> and
1: I think, too, like, athletes have a huge platform. Like, if a pro athlete speaks out and says, like, I'm really struggling, like, think about the impact that has on, like, a kid who plays the sport and looks up to them. Like, it has a ripple effect down generations of hockey players or whatever sport you want to say like talk about and so i think also like helping players to recognize that they can be so influential on making this happen like making that change just by simply being open and genuine um so that's huge too
2: then i guess our last amazing. question
0: <laughs> no, i just said amazing <laughs> just cool <laughs> I got our last question for you
2: is what is your favorite way to support your own mental health? And like, what advice do you just want to give to people who are struggling maybe personally?
1: Yeah, really good question too. Cause given what I do in my career, self-care is very important. Um, For me, physical activity has always been big specifically dancing. Like I love putting on a song that kind of reflects my mood or relates to something that I'm feeling and just like letting myself move my body Um, going outside, going on a walk, those are big things too. Um, I'm a big writer. I like to write things down. I don't like keeping things in my head. So like getting it physically out onto paper or in a note or whatever it is can be really helpful. Um, And then also I find it helpful to talk to someone who is not related to whatever is causing my stress. So if I'm stressed about school or work, um, I talk to Danny because he's not here. He's not in my program. He's not dealing with the same things. But like around the draft, when I was really stressed about the draft, it probably would not have been helpful to me or Danny to go to Danny and be like, I'm so stressed about the draft. So I had like one of my closest friends from here at BU, I was texting her that whole day being like, I'm freaking out, dude, what do I do? Um, So just kind of having that support person who's kind of removed from the situation, because with Danny, especially like usually if I'm really stressed about school, he'll like talk me through it. But sometimes I don't need that. Sometimes I just need like the distraction. So then he can kind of be like, okay, let's talk about something else. Like let's talk about hockey or let's talk about like Jolkin's vision stuff or like whatever it is. Um, And so that that relationship is helpful of of, like having someone who's just a little bit distant from the situation and can give you that like objective opinion. I think it's
2: valuable. (laughs) That is great. I didn't, I never like thought of that, you know, like I feel like I, I do my best to go to talk to people, but I've never actually thought like about what I was doing and finding someone removed yeah. from the situation. It's so, it's totally. so like, it's so eye opening to hear it out loud.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: Give Allie a second to call Hey guys, I'm here. <laughs> the delay. It's- no, Allie, no. it's so bad. It's so bad. I'm, I hate this. I'm literally going to get a Wi-Fi I, I say every week that I'm going to get a Wi-Fi router, and then I don't, but whatever. It's fine. Okay, so <laughs> um, Lauren, thank you so much for hanging out with us. You're the coolest ever, Absolutely. and we can't Aww. wait to keep <laughs> doing the the ZV17 challenge.
1: Yes. Yes. And, well, thank you, guys. Um, to keep yeah. up with
0: all the amazing things that you and Danny are doing. And whenever Danny breaks the Jets roster, we will be his biggest fans. We're going to become Jets fans, which is not a oh thing I gosh. ever thought I would We're gonna say. We're going to do it. Me I never Me neither.
2: <laughs> I know we previously I said the Winnipeg Jets aren't real, but I think they're real now.
0: We're sorry. <laughs> we take it back. That's...
1: No, it's all good. Honestly, it was a team that when he got drafted, I had to ask him, like, is there a name on that roster that I would kind of recognize? (laughs) Like, it's just, they're they're so far away from, like, geographically speaking, that I I just, I forget. Like, I forget that they're there sometimes. And then, honestly, though, like, what an incredible organization. I feel bad that they don't get more attention because they are, like, we love. Um, So, yeah, I definitely feel the same way. I (laughs) didn't really even think about them before he got drafted, but hey. What you going to do? But, yeah, thank you guys so much for having me, and thank you for Callie, participating in ZB our... stuff.
0: <laughs> of course. Callie, we need to change our um, last week for franchise mode, or two weeks ago, because time's not real. We picked Callie um, Dubois as our Winnipeg Jets draft, and we've changed our minds. Yeah. yeah. We're, now We're taking Danny. <laughs> Danny. Taking Danny. Oh, my gosh, you're
1: going to love that. The Georgia Ghost. Fake
0: team. <laughs> Our silly little <laughs> fake team. Anyway, um, thank He's you so, again for yeah, joining I us. Yeah, I love it.
1: Thank you. Um,
0: we had a lovely conversation. You're so yes. cool, and we can't wait to follow along on your yes. journey with uh with Joker's Vision. Joker's Vision, <laughs> guys. I'm so sorry.
2: <laughs> thank you, Joker's Vision. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.
1: There Joker's you go. Vision. Of course, oh, God.